Kane along the boards. Has it left wing corner in the Edmonton end. Instead sent back to the blue line. Sherratt to the middle. Will shoot it. Blocked in front of the net by Bouchard. And out with it is Kane. He'll skate through the middle now to Yamamoto over the line. Into the middle of the ice. Bouchard shot. Scores! Tipped in front of the net. Kane might have got his stick on it. And it's 1-0 Edmonton. Well, the new guy got it started tonight. Evander Kane in his first game as an Edmonton Oiler. Gives the Oilers a 1-0 lead. That doesn't happen very often. And the Oilers cruised from there a 7-2 victory tonight over the Montreal Canadiens, who obviously have a very depleted roster. Zach Hyman with a couple of goals. Leon Dreisaitl with a couple of goals. He now has four consecutive 30-goal seasons. Evander Kane plays 17-43, gets that goal, finishes with plus two, credited with three shots on goal and four hits. So now the Oilers have won four in a row, and they're 22-16-2 on the season. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown at 7.55. Hope you're having a great Saturday night. We are in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for another edition of Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. And Rob, what does that mean for a player in his first game with a new team and I guess we should also add his first NHL game this season because he'd only played games in the AHL to get that goal so early and to get it going it means everything uh I, I remember when I got traded from Pittsburgh to Hartford uh, the first game we played we won one nothing and I scored and I can tell you the feeling that you have that you've contributed to this new team that has gone out of its way to find you and bring you there to their organization means everything uh so that it would have been a huge relief uh, the longer a player goes to a new team, the longer he goes without scoring a goal or contributing contributing to the team, the pressure builds because then the, the media starts talking about it. You start getting questions about it. But right now it's gone. And for Evander Kane, it's a little bit different because there's so many other things that the media talk to him about. There's so many things, the baggage that he brings, that now you score a goal in your first game. Well, now you're just talking about scoring a goal. And you don't have to really focus on that other thing. So uh, good on him. And obviously, Evander Kane didn't know the rule that the others have where they allow the first team to score and then you come back against them. They just waited too long to sign Evander, apparently, because he changed it all around very quickly. And an important goal for the Edmonton Oilers because when Evander Kane scored, the deflate was huge in the Montreal side of the, uh, of the, of the benches. And... They, they stumbled for a few minutes and allowed the others to go up 3 nothing. Yeah, three goals in a minute, 47 for the Oilers. Kane, then Hyman, then Dreisaitl. And it wasn't necessarily over at that point, but it's going to be extremely difficult for the Montreal Canadiens to come back. 7-2 is the final. Hey, the Japanese Village goal light is on on 630ched.com. Go there, print up an appetizer. Or print up an app. Well, with 3D printers, Rob, maybe you could do it now. Maybe <laughs> you could actually it, print yes. up the appetizer. Print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, which, uh, well, they got the fifth tonight while it was still in the uh, second period. The lines moved around. Uh, you know, obviously with Nugent Hopkins going to center today with Hyman and Cassian, and they played well. I mean, Nugent Hopkins scores, Hyman scores a couple. He worked down, uh, worked hard down low. Cassian got an, uh, got an assist, got in a fight late in the game. Well, I, I think Hyman was the best player on the ice for the Edmonton Oilers, and it's pretty good when he's on your third line. Now, I don't know if these lines are set in stone yet as you go forward, 
but it, it's nice when you're a coaching staff and you put something together and uh, the tinkering that you did found success. Uh, Hyman was excellent. Uh, well, I mean, all four lines were excellent tonight. And I think that is something that we don't say often uh, when, when we're talking about the team at the end of the night. Uh, the one thing that you and I have talked about, and we've heard a lot of fans talk about it with us after games, is the Oilers play their stars sometimes too much and maybe fatigue eventually settles in and you get into a bit of a dry spell well when you've got four lines rolling and you've got faith in three of them to be able to contribute offensively game in game out you don't have to overextend your star players and you saw that tonight with leon getting a couple goals he only played 15 minutes and normally he's got 15 minutes by the end of the second period so that's that's a good thing because looking at the schedule that after the All-Star break, the Oilers play every second night for the remainder of the year. And if and when they make the playoffs, they play every second night in the playoffs. So it'd be nice to, to have your star players, uh, if not rested, at least not overworked or overburdened going into the, the final stretch of the season. And with the addition of Kane uh, getting healthy again up front, the Edmonton Oilers now can run four lines and feel comfortable doing it. 7-2 Oilers win. How about this? Four out of the 18 skaters for the Oilers tonight did not get a point. They were Cody Ceci, Yessi Pugliarvi, Ryan McLeod, and Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid does not get a point as the Oilers score seven goals. I don't know if anybody would have had that in any sort of pool, Rob. If, if you had it in a pool, you would have won a lot of money because nobody else would have had it in a pool uh, again, shows depth. Uh, and for, for uh, we talked a bit about it with Bob a little bit at the end of the game. I don't know how many times that during Oilers stretches where they don't win, uh, where the top two players are with Connor and Leon don't get a point. We're talking, oh, this is the Oilers are now two and forty on, this, on in their careers when they don't score a point tonight. Link, or Connor doesn't get a point; and they get seven. So this is a different type of team. A couple additions from the injury reserve, an addition of Evander Kane. Uh, has turned this team into a little bit deeper, uh, a little bit scarier. And now, if you're think if you're Montreal, now Montreal was struggling. They didn't have a, a, a full or good lineup in tonight. But you're thinking, okay, we've got to put everything we can against Connor's line. Okay, well, that leaves Leon, the league's leading scorer on the second line. Okay, well, whatever we have left, we're throwing against him. And now you got Nugent Hopkins and Hyman on the third line, who most of their career have played on first lines. So you've got two guys that are normally first line guys playing with Cassian, who has had his cup of coffee with the first lines over the course of his career. That's the Edmonton Oilers' new third line. That makes this team a much harder team to play against. Yeah, going to be interesting to see how it plays out going forward. We know how it played out tonight. The Oilers crushed the Canadians 7-2. Let's go back to Montreal. Here's Evander Kane. Jeff, I need it, yeah? <laughs> Got it ready? <laughs> I need it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. If you guys are asking questions, we just have them. Oh, I need to go over here. Yeah, yeah just because I'll ask a couple just to mix it up. Sorry. Okay. All right, you ready, Tony? Yeah, you're good. Welcome back. We're going to have Evander Kane again. We'll start questions here at Bell Center. Evander, first game as an Oiler, and you got your first goal. How good does that feel? Yeah, it's always uh, it's nice to contribute, uh, you know, on a new team coming in and. You know, you want to show what you can do. And uh, obviously, it was uh, great to get the boys on the board early. And um, everybody kind of took off after that. Is it more fun playing with McDavid than against him? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think that's pretty evident. Um, you know, he's a hell of a player. You can see the speed and the, and the explosiveness, uh, especially when he's crossing over. So, um, you know, it's nice to have him on our side. 
you referenced yesterday about the two best players in the world and the opportunity to play with them. But tonight, it was a well-balanced effort. All four lines contributing. What does that say about this hockey club? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I think all four lines literally contributed uh, tonight, and that was great to see. Um, you know, Hyman was really, really good tonight. Uh, Leon was Leon, and um, you know, we got some some other depth scoring, and, and it was it made it easy for uh, our team to roll lines and, and uh, keep the foot on the gas. The last couple of days, uh, it's obviously been a lot of traction in terms of uh, how busy you've been. A couple of days ago, the TSN interview uh, aired yesterday at a media conference with the Edmonton Media. Today, was it just nice getting back on the ice and focusing on a game again? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, uh, you know, when you get on the ice, you kind of put everything else to bed and, and, and hopefully that continues. So, um, like I said, it was great to be back out there. It's been a while um, and you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, to Monday. Well, and that, I kind of wanted to follow up on that because it had been six weeks since you'd play a pro game. There's no substitute. You could work out forever, but there, there's no substitute for game competition. How'd you feel? Yeah, I mean, uh, especially the physicality. You know, when you're when you're hitting guys or getting hit, um, you know, it takes different types of energy out of you than when you're just skating. So, um, you know, I know I played a, a few games in the AHL, but uh, obviously I'm very familiar. The NHL is a, a different beast. So, um, it was like I said, it was good to to get one under the belt, get the legs. Uh, Reaccumulated to uh, to the speed and and get going here, and I'll be better on Monday. In that respect, is it good, especially playing the game you do, to feel a body or two on you? You took a little nick up. I mean, does it does that physical part of the game also engage you and fire those muscles going? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I, you know, I, it was it was one of those games where I feel like we were just kind of. A lot of we were chasing a lot um you know there wasn't a lot of zone time um but yeah you know taking a stick to the face probably got me going uh, more than anything so uh i guess it was good and that's you touched on something i wanted to ask you as a team did you feel like you had to create your own energy because even when they got down it felt like they were playing kind of passively how is it to try to generate energy in those type of situations yeah you know we got up three nothing um and you can kind of maybe feel the game starting to get out of hand there's nobody in the building um but you know them scoring i thought we had some good responses when when they scored um and and, and made sure that uh, they didn't regain any momentum and her continued momentum Take a couple questions on Zoom. Danny, you can go ahead. Hi, Vander. Uh, considering, uh, you know, you were just asked that it had been a while since you had played uh, a game, and that was in the AHL, but it's your first NHL game this season. All things considered, how did you how did you find that it went as you kind of got your legs under you and, and as a first game? Yeah, um, you know, obviously there was uh, some rust, uh, some timing issues, um, getting the legs going, uh, all to be expected. But, you know, like I said, the boys... Uh, really did a good job as a, as a group uh, you know taking it to them and, and, and finishing off the opportunities we scored on and um, you know it was a good first game I mean there's really not much more to say other than that your inclusion here has allowed uh, at least right now has allowed for Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman to make up uh, you know along with Zach Cassie in the third line what did you think of their performance as it pertains to the the team and and, and rounding out the, that group as a top nine I mean, they were, they were great. Uh, you know, Nuge, Cass, and, and, and Hyman were, uh, you know, maybe our best line tonight. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, they were uh, they were really good. They finished uh, their chances. Um, and, and if they can continue to do that, and obviously I'm going to get uh, a lot better here with Connor um, and, and Yamo. So, uh, you know, I, I'm liking uh, how things uh, could possibly be looking here in the near future. March 5th, 4th, 
Yeah, I got two for you, uh, Evander. Uh, you scored lots of goals. You've been around the league a long time. When you're away for that long and you watch the puck cross the line like you did early in the game, is it still like a bit of a thrill? You know, is it still pretty cool scoring an NHL goal, even when you scored as many as you've scored? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's nice. Um, you know, it's been a long time, uh, as I said earlier. Um, and and when you get to a new team and uh, you know you're being brought in to to produce um, to produce in your first game and, and early on in the first period, uh, you know, definitely is a good feeling. Um, so so yeah, I would say so. Um, and uh, like I said, it was great. I know the boys were telling me they hadn't scored first in a long time, so it was nice to uh, nice to help out in that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, the Oilers team that you played against and the Oilers team we've been watching here for a long time, it was pretty top-heavy, right? They had two really good lines, and then as the bottom six sort of struggled to produce. Tonight you got three lines, and I think the line we would call the third line, you just said might have been the best one you had. Uh, is that a different look from an Edmonton team than maybe you've seen for a while? For sure. Uh, you know, just, just being out there with them, you know, you, you look at... Our top three lines. I mean, our, uh, Dr's line was was great tonight too. You know, he had a great goal there at the end. Um, you know, I, I think you know. You look at our team now. Uh, you see the balance in the lines. You see the offensive flair that that everybody can bring. Um, you know, it's dangerous. I, I think you know we're going to continue to play a heavier game and 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 be more engaged that way. And I think that'll only help us as well. All right, so that's Thank Evander you. Kane gets into action tonight as he helps the Edmonton Oilers beat the Montreal Canadiens 7-2. The Oilers' record bumps up to 22-16-2 on the season. He mentioned there, Rob, that he uh, thinks he'll feel a little better in the game on Monday against Ottawa, probably no doubt about that. And he said, uh, you know, not a lot of zone time in the game. And it was, it just felt a little bit like an odd game to me, Rob. I'm curious how, how you felt. I mean, certainly no fans in Montreal. You don't get the vibe that you usually would. Uh, a game in which the Oilers were heavily favored to win, um, and, and they did win. And it, it, it's funny for a game with nine goals, it, it was it was kind of a low fed game. It, it was first. Well, first of all, listen to Vander Kane speak. He's very well spoken. That's the first I didn't really hear his other interviews. Uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday, but listening to him, he, he speaks very well. Uh, when you uh, we hear a lot of guys after the games and. Uh, some are more articulate than others, but Vander Kane very articulate and, and gets his point across. Uh, I think part of the problem in tonight's game for an, an energy and high event and, and excitement level was the fact that there's no fans in the crowd and the Montreal Canadiens fell behind big early. So at that point, the Oilers knew the game was over. The Montreal Canadiens knew the game was over. There was no fans in there to pump the team up and it was just it was almost like an exhibition game at that point and then you're looking across if you're the Oilers you're looking over at the Montreal lineup you don't recognize a lot of the players and it's like it's not like okay we got to really go Gallagher he, he's getting in our under our skin tonight we got okay we you know what Price is probably going to shut the door or okay if they get on the power play they got Weber all those players aren't in the lineup so the excitement level was probably down and when the Oilers scored three quick ones there was a sag on the Montreal bench, and I think uh, an Oiler team became very confident, which you showed in the first five, six minutes of the second period where the Oilers were very, very slow coming out of the gate. But at that point, the game was still over, and the Montreal Canadiens did not have enough uh, firepower to get back in this game. All right. Uh, let's go back to Montreal. Oilers win 7-2. We got head coach Dave Tippett. Uh, a little bit of a different makeup with the forward uh, groups today. All forward yeah. lines contribute. All four going scored, which is 
good to see. It's, uh, you know, we got out and got a lead in that game, first time in a long time, so it, our guys were excited about that. Uh, Kane got on the board early. Um, Hyman and Nuge and uh, Cassian were real strong, so all in all, pretty good team effort and uh, good to get the first one on a road trip. When a new player is brought in, especially one who is expected to produce, how big can a goal early on in his tenure with his new club be for him instead of waiting? To score well, I think when a new player comes in, they press. They want to make sure that they're, uh, they feel like they're contributing to their new team, and uh, it's great for them to jump in and and get one early. You know, he, uh, you know, he looks in looks in decent shape. You can tell he's rusty. Haven't played in a while, so he'll have to get up to speed a little bit. But it's good to get him up and uh, get him in the lineup and get him get him going. Dave, you've been complimentary of your team's try and desire to get back in games when they've gotten behind. How did you feel they dealt with prosperity tonight, up 3-0 and 5-1? Those could be tricky sometimes in terms of bearing down and finishing the game you wanted to Yeah, we, we turned the puck over a few times in the second period they, and uh, gave them a little bit of momentum. But third period, I thought we locked it down real well, just played real solid. And uh, guys are talking about doing the right things, trying to do the right things, kind of coaching themselves out there so it's uh, a lot of the things we've been talking about for a while you know when uh, when things weren't going our way we're trying to pound away on things that you got to make sure are in place and now they are in place and we're winning and they're still doing still talking about the same thing so that's a good sign and to follow up on that when they're communicating and you don't have to do it I would imagine that's a good omen as well. Very good, very good, because, you know, they're thinking about it. They're thinking about doing little things right that allow you to win games. And the different situations you're in a game, whether it's tight, whether you're up by a couple, there's every every situation comes up that you got to make sure you're dealing the right way with it. And I thought we did fine tonight in that direction. Uh, Dave, uh, Dreisaitl gets his 30th and 31st goal of the season. That's his fourth straight season with 30 plus goals a lot of people argue it's harder to score in today's nhl than the five players who became before him in this franchise how impressive of a feat is that that's uh, very impressive you know the consistency in what she does it too is uh, i think he had, a, he had a couple tonight he probably could have had three or four tonight you know had some great chances so it's a, it's a credit to him how the work he puts in uh, the dedication he puts into our team and and you know he's a leader on our team he wants to do things well and Goal scoring is a big part of his game, so it's it's great to see him hit the 30 mark again. In talking to Evander, he said that line of Zach, Zach, and Ryan was probably the best line for you. Yeah. Is that how you felt today? Yeah, they were real strong. Zach Hyman had a real strong game. Nuge, uh, you know, we talked to them about trying to get us a little more depth, and, and uh, you know, they, that line's a line that can play against anybody, big, small, skill, unskilled. They're, they're just a good line, and they showed it tonight. Hi, Dave. Just to kind of follow up on that, what what aspects of of their game I'm talking about uh, Nugent Hopkins and, and Hyman did did you like as you kind of formed that pair that you you tried a little bit throughout the course of the year? Uh, they, I mean, they work hard. They're they're hard on loose pucks, and they're good. In, they have enough skill to make plays to finish things off. So, you know, you look at the the goals that Hyman got good deflection in front, kind of a wraparound. He makes a great play on Nuge's goal where he uh, beats a guy in the corner. Cass is a big, strong guy who's got skill to play on that line also. So they were, uh, you know, it was uh, puck went in the net for him tonight. It was good to see a good start for them.
Uh, on a bigger picture, as a, as a coach, are you kind of sitting back licking your lips a little bit when you when you talk about how they can play against anyone that they can maybe pose some matchup problems for other teams? Well, that's what you hope for when you when you uh, add depth to your group and you feel like you know you want four lines that. Uh, you don't feel like you're in jeopardy anytime whoever they're out against and then maybe you can start to use some lines to uh, exploit other teams so that's uh, that's what depth does for you and that's what we're trying to get to you know it was a good start tonight there's a game we got a, a lead early in but we'll uh, we'll see we've still got a lot of work to do there thank you Dave Tippett, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, victorious tonight, 7-2 over the Montreal Canadiens. That is a big $700 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're given 100 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Reed Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown here for Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Uh, Rob Stewart, Skinner in net uh relatively quiet night for him made some big saves uh, when he needed to he improves to five and six on the year yeah and, and important for a couple of reasons it's a confidence builder for him uh wasn't tested a lot but did his job got it jo- done and uh, more importantly or just as importantly uh miko koskinen who's been carrying the mail for this team for a while now got a, an important rest and they still got two points out of it we all know from watching miko over the last number of years when he's rested he can give you quality starts when he's pushed too much and and has to play each and every night. Uh, struggles start to come into his game. So uh, a big two points and a resting of your right now starting goaltender uh, certainly helps the others going forward. The shots tonight, 24-23 for the Oilers. Uh, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not well, close on the last few of these. Uh, I set the line before the game at 39 and a half for shots on goal for the Oilers. Edmonton had a ton of shots their last two games. Montreal had given up 39 or more in four of their last five. Well, we barely get 39. <laughs> I mean, I, that would have been a good total for the whole game. But when you set that, the one thing I said to you, it, it'll be they'll easily get over it unless they score on all their chances when they won't need second or third opportunities. When you score seven goals, there's that means seven times there wasn't a rebound coming out. So this was one where they didn't need the quantity of shots because the quality of goaltending wasn't strong for the Montreal Canadiens tonight. So Omar took the under, courtesy River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it, so he gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card as the Oilers shot total well under 39 and a half, 24-7-2, the Oilers win over the Canadians. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That is our hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems, pro all the way. We will welcome Tara to the show. Tara, you're on with Reed and Rob. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I know you guys probably hear this more often than not, but I just wanted to say how proud I am to be an Oilers fan for numerous reasons, but one of them is because we give players a second chance. I mean, like, look at Zach Cassian. No one really wanted to touch him, and we brought him here to play for us, and he's done wonderful things for the team. Same now with Evander Kane. I mean... I don't know. I just think it's like very, very, very good for us as a team to be more open-minded and more welcoming to players that may not be welcomed other places and give them that second chance to prove themselves. 
Well, I, I, Terry, you raise a really interesting topic, one I've had uh, off and on on uh, on Inside Sports over the last few weeks. Bob's talked about it on Oilers Now. I mean, even Jay Lynn in the afternoon, Rob, uh, has talked about it uh, too. Um, Evander Kane comes with a lot of baggage. Um, I think that if it wasn't the Oilers, he would have got a second chance or some people would argue this is more than a second chance, but we understand yes. what Tara, Tara is saying. Um, if he wasn't playing for the Oilers this weekend, he probably would have been playing for somebody else either this weekend or in the near future. Uh, I mean, let's maybe. not fool ourselves I've, here. He's, yeah, maybe. he's, I'm, a, I'm he's a really good player. I'm still not positive that that's true, though. Well, other teams were talking to him. Well, last I heard, there was two possible. And that was it. So it, it there were a lot that weren't going to go near him. I mean, I, I said my view on it last time we talked about it, and I'm only going to talk about what he does on the ice. But he was an effective player for the Edmonton Oilers, and he will make them better on the ice. But he does come with baggage. Yeah. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Chris from Phoenix checking in tonight. Chris, you must be in a good mood, buddy. What's going on? Oh, I'm always in a good mood. Uh, you know, even when the Oilers are struggling. Uh, I want to say that this uh, this is a great opportunity uh, for both Oilers and for Kane. This is uh, an opportunity for this kid to, uh, and I say kid, he's 30, but, you know, I'm 43, so he's still a kid to me. Uh, for him to, to turn his life around uh, a la, you know, Zach Cassian, like the like the lady mentioned earlier. Um, and this is a, another, and a great opportunity for the Oilers because this could show and prove how mature and how much leadership uh, this team has um, in its locker room because, because usually the, the teams that take, uh, you know, flyers on uh, players with uh, with some baggage are teams that have a strong locker room. So so hopefully that's that's true and that uh, that proves uh, uh, proves me wrong uh, proves me right. Sorry. As for Kane, uh, he's he's got the skill set and the abilities and that swagger where he can he can pot us uh, about 20 goals here in the next uh, 40 plus games, which uh, which is a, a very low risk, high reward for uh, for what we're paying him. Um, we're still, uh, I'm proud of Skinner. I think Skinner is the, is the uh, future number one here. Uh, but we still need a goalie for, uh, I I'd say for uh, a true number one for this year and maybe part of next year. Um, and especially this year, if we, if we want to make a deep run, like I love how Koskin has bounced back, but he's proven in the past that he cannot play long stretches. And if we have to, and if we make a, and if we're making a deep run in the playoffs, I know it's, it's, it's a ways away, but a deep run in the playoffs is going to need, a goalie that can play, you know, a substantial amount of games. So hopefully we're still in the mix for uh, trying to find a goalie. Uh, and then uh, if rumors are true that there's some players available out of, uh, out of Vancouver over there, I've always liked this kid, Connor Garland, uh, yeah. liked, liked how he played in uh, Arizona. And if we can snag this kid, uh, I would love to have this kid in, in our top six, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully Holland uh, does the due diligence, which he does. Uh, love you guys. Love listening to you guys. Love the Oilers. Oh, and uh, Duncan Keith is coming into form. Uh, I said it when we got him. Uh, give this guy a chance. He is a proven winner, and he's a pro, and uh, he's been uh, he's been really good uh, for the last month and a half, I believe. So let's go Oilers. All right. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. Yeah, ongoing discussion with the goaltending, Rob. We, we had somebody call in after the last game and said, why did Ken Holland go and get a Vander Kane when he should be looking for a goaltender? And I'm sure I'm sure he's doing both. Uh, if you're a GM in the NHL, you better be able to to multitask. But uh, Rob, look, I I think um, very very big picture, the Oilers 
don't need just need a goaltender for the next three to five months. They need one for the next five years and beyond if they're going to be a contending team. Maybe that's going to turn out to be Skinner. Um, we don't know, but that that could be the next important move here that's made in the next few weeks before the deadline. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, Koskinen won't be here next year, uh, and Smith will be turning 41, I believe, at some point next year. And he's coming off, uh, well, he's still going through a season where we've seen him, I think, five times. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I, I, Ken Holland knows that the Oilers are not going to be playing into late May or June with uh, an injury-prone Smith, Koskinen, and Skinner. He knows that. He knows he's got to find something. And it's not easy because you got to find a team that, A, has a goalie that's better than what we have. B, is willing to trade them to us. C, it's got a, the goalie, if he's got a no-trades, willing to come here. you got to find one that's got a salary that the others can fit in under their cap. There's a lot of things that go in play when it comes to that. So uh, I think if there is a, a goalie move, it will come closer to the trade deadline. Um I wonder if everything gets changed with the trade deadline because the or because the NHL players aren't going to the Olympics now. I mean, there would have been three weeks to get a lot of things organized, and now all you, you got a game every second night. But yes, this the fans that are calling about goaltenders, Ken Holland knows. He absolutely knows that the Oilers uh, are a goaltender and maybe a, a another defenseman away from push making a good run. They're pretty well set up front now. The Oilers are pretty well set up because you still got Holloway down in the minors. Some help on defense and certainly a goaltender would go a long way of making a long run here come uh, playoff time. Yeah, I, I, interesting to throw out Connor Garland's name, who is who is a pretty good player, but you wonder, like you said, if, if the Oilers are going to add a forward, they just do it internally, depending on how uh, Holloway I, plays. And they got time. I mean, that's the thing. They got time to see how he does down there. Well, sure. And there's, I mean, again, there's not usually a lot of moves made within your own division. Um, I mean, if Garland, I do believe he has he has term left because I think he just signed the term with Vancouver. So for the Vancouver Canucks to make a trade to send Garland to Edmonton, that's a team that they're going to have to play against Garland over the next few years. And as things have gone sideways to Vancouver this year, they believe that they're a playoff team going forward with their new coach and stuff. So I have a hard time believing that the Vancouver Canucks are going to make the Edmonton Oilers better. I just Garland. I, I, hmm? Yeah, sorry, Rob. I just was double checking his contract. Uh, yeah, it's four years after this one. Yeah, he's so in, he's in year one of five with a four point nine five cap hit, which yeah, is not an easy one for the Oilers to slide in. No, no, I don't. I mean, because if you're going to be doing that, you got Evander Kane. If you're if this is a a trial for him, and he does score, as that one caller just said, twenty goals over the remainder of the season. And I agree with that caller. That is absolutely possible. If he's doing that, then what do you do with Evander Kane? So uh, I don't think up front, other than maybe injury depth, is all that the Oilers will want. I think on their back end and certainly in net are the big things that the Oilers have to fix before they make a run at the playoffs. Uh, speaking of Dylan Holloway and the Bakersfield Condors, they lead Tucson 2-0 in the second period. 
in American Hockey League action tonight. The Edmonton Oil Kings up 5-0 on Swift Current with four and a half minutes left in the second period as we update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Around the National Hockey League, Hurricanes beat the Devils 2-1. Golden Knights over the Lightning 3-2 in a shootout. Maple Leafs outscore the Red Wings 7-4. It's the Panthers beating the Sharks 5-4 in overtime. Sam Bennett now up to 21 goals on the season. Jets beat the Blues 4-1. Flyers win 4-3 in overtime against Los Angeles. Ducks edge the Senators 2-1. No score nine minutes in between the Canucks and Calgary. And late in the second period, Buffalo outshooting Arizona 26-12. And they have a 3-0 lead. And right here on 630, Ched, it was the Oilers 7, Montreal 2. Let's go back to the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. Sir Robert is standing by. Happy Saturday, Sir Robert. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, I mean, you know what? Honestly, I'll say, you know what? Tonight, this was the uh, this is honestly the first game where I can say that this is honestly the first team that I could, that I feel that I can say the Oilers had four lines that they could that they could just roll constantly throughout the whole game and not have and not have to overtax Drysaitel and McDavid. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys agree with that or not. I want your thoughts there, and then I have a couple more points I want to make. Well, I think the yeah, well, the the quality of the opponent has to be considered as well. I mean. Winning's great, but but I mean, let's not fool ourselves, Rob. The Canadians are not very good to begin with, and they're missing seven or eight pretty significant players tonight. Yeah, no, the Oilers could have just taxed their two-star players, and the two-star players probably could have beat this team as well. But it is a confidence builder, and you, you love confidence builders. You love games where you can roll everybody. Everyone feels like they're part of the victory. And with a couple more games before the All-Star break, your, your star players aren't being put out there for 25, 26 minutes. So this was a perfect storm for Dave Tippett. And you saw at the end, too, uh, both Connor and Leon sat for the last four or five minutes, and they rotated other players in. So uh, that's a good thing, and it, it's a big win. And I think the biggest thing of it all is everybody contributed, and that makes it feel like more of a team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, like, you definitely... You know, I mean, you definitely factor in that it was Montreal, and Montreal is, you know, bad, I guess, to begin with, and then missing six or seven top players. But what I do, but, uh, but I guess what I do want to say is, I think, I think with the lines, the lines that were in there tonight, I could, I think against against tougher opponents like coming up here, like we got a Washington first game after the All Star break is Vegas. I, I've, I feel against teams like that. I mean, it's easy to say now, but I feel against teams like that, the four lines we had tonight, I think that, uh, I think it's just, uh, I think it's, I mean, obviously we're going to have to see, see how they do with those lines when they're playing better teams. But I think uh, obviously I feel it's not, I feel they won't necessarily have to overtax Drysaddle and McDavid in those games. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. That's one. Yeah. And then I guess uh, uh, and then I guess like uh, I'll quickly leave it with this. Yeah, quick, I mean, Robert. I got to do the news here. <clears throat> I mean, you know what, Kane? You know what? He was good. Nice to see him get one in his first game. See how he does. I agree with that other caller. I think he can score twenty before the end of the year. 
Right on. Thanks, sir, Robert. Really appreciate it. Uh, Ed and I believe another gentleman named Robert are up next on the open line. Oilers win 7-2 in Montreal. Two each for Hyman and Dreisaitl. Evander Kane scores. This is Hartland Ford overtime open line. Back in a couple of minutes. And Suzuki into the right wing corner. Get it across on the left. It'll go all the way up to the blue line. Wideman will shoot it. Glove save made by Skinner, and he's going to hold on. Cam Moon calling the save of the game, courtesy Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Stuart Skinner stops 21. He gets the win. He's 5-6 and six on the season. The Oilers beat the Canadians 7-2 for their fourth straight win. Rob, kind of funny at the Bell Center, the backup goalie sits across the ice, which usually you can't tell, but with no fans, it's, I find it, it's almost like a humorous image, Koskinen all by himself <laughs> on that side of the rink watching the game. And he kind of sticks out too. It's not just like a little usher sitting over there kind of hiding. It'd be a big man that you would notice very quickly. Yeah, all right. Well, Koskinen had a good uh, seat for this one. I would imagine he'll play Monday against the Ottawa Senators. 7-2, the Oilers uh, win at three goals in a minute 47 in the first period, and they uh, more or less cruised from there. On the uh, special teams tonight, well, there weren't uh, a ton of opportunities. Montreal did have a power play in the second period. It took them only three seconds to score. They went one for two with the man advantage. Edmonton, 0 for one. The power play has actually dipped below 30% for the season. The power play update for Extreme Power Products, your full line Kubota dealer with four locations, including their new Camrose location. Check out Extreme with an X Power Products.com. I, actually, I mean, we should talk about it, Rob. That goal for the Canadians, that's, that's exactly how you draw it up. Oh, that was perfect. You win a face-off, you get a guy to back up into a, a quiet area, and then, I mean, he's cocked and ready. That was a great shot. Um, so, no, it was, a, it was a really nice goal, and at that point, the Canadians had a little belief. But when you start talking now about the Oilers' power play, the, and this is what's going to be interesting for, for the remainder of the season, the Oilers' power play, they really, for the last number of years, they've got one power play unit. Uh, they've got... Uh, three that guys that stay on the entire time, and they have two guys that will rotate. The the net front presence, it's either Hyman or Pugliarvi, and on the back end, it was usually Barry and Nurse, and now it's Bouchard. But now, as we saw tonight, when you've got an Evander Kane, and you got Zach Hyman, and, and you're going to have a, a Bouchard whenever Barry comes back, or vice versa, it's, you're not, I don't know, like tonight, the, they, they switched after a minute. When's the last time you saw Connor and Leon a minute into a power play change. But you, if you want to see Evander Kane on the power play, one of those guys, one of the top three has got to come off because he's not a net front presence type of guy. He's a guy that can score from the wing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, the dynamics of this team going forward because the fact that the others have depth should spell less ice time for their two-star players, which is a good thing. But it's also uh, something that will be a little awkward or harder to grasp and you're one of those guys that you're expecting to play those two and a half three minute shifts now doing that takes time away from a high minute and a vander kane that's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line edmonton seven montreal two let's go back to the certainty hotline we have ed standing by ed you're on with yeah. robin reed go ahead hi uh, 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 I guess that uh, uh, when I watch the game tonight, I've been watching these games for many years, is that uh, uh, it was a game that uh, they were expected to win in a, in a depleted team. But one of the things that I uh, liked 
was the way they shut it down in the third period. I mean, in the past, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Oilers have been playing very, very loose hockey under any pressure and have really lacked the inability to uh, close down games smoothly. There's been, you know, a lot of wild chances and so on and so forth. And uh, so I thought, uh, you know, they, they worked hard at it, and maybe that's going to bear a lot of fruit. And also, too, I'm, I'm wondering, is uh, Connor McDavid slightly changing his game a little bit because of the fact he's not uh, going wildly stick handling? He's starting to pass the puck a little more, and I think that should, uh, you know, the puck travels faster than a, a skater, then whether that will help. And uh, oh. And yeah, I appreciate um, it. Yeah, third period, good uh, good point. Uh, I mean, they were up 6-2, so maybe a little easier to shut it down, but Montreal only had three shots in the third. Do you notice anything, what he was saying about McDavid, Rob? Well, yeah, I don't see Connor switching his game at all. Um, his game is all about speed and uh, forcing stress on defenders, forcing stress on goaltenders because of his speed. And he's got the quickest hands in the National Hockey League, and it's not even close. To second, so no, I don't think Connor's game changed. The only thing that may change in Connor's game right now is he may get a little bit less ice time. But other than that, uh, I think Connor's game—he's uh, a what is he? A couple-time MVP, couple times um, scoring champion. I don't think Connor needs to switch anything in his game. All right, let's go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Ben standing by. Ben, hope you're having a good evening. Go ahead. Hey, how you how you guys doing? Appreciate uh, appreciate you guys hosting the uh, the call here. Um, I just had two comments. Uh, one thing I noticed was with uh, Yamamoto lately. Um, it just, you know, having the guy on the first line, he's kind of, um, in my opinion, I think we have options up there. And I wanted to just get your guys' thoughts on potentially uh, maybe taking the guy out of the lineup, throwing maybe McLeod up there. And then when Holloway comes up, uh, get him playing on the third line. And then just second point, uh, just curious about Nima Linen, uh getting that guy back in the lineup. Uh, I found when the team had him in the lineup, it was a lot more physical. Uh, a bit of a different dimension on defense, uh, especially in that third pair. Uh, instead of Russell, um, maybe get him out there. And, and uh, yeah, I think you'd have a bit more of an impact, especially come uh, playoff time. Well, I, th- I think we probably all see Nima Line in the same way. I mean, unfortunately, he had a bit of an injury to deal with, but we liked his physicality when we did see him uh, in the NHL. As for Yamamoto, Rob, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Ben meant actually benching him but i i think that i mean he could be moved around especially if holloway and like these lines tonight like who knows right i mean they they could change well, period to period but there's a little more flexibility there is that to me the only line change i would make is i'd flip-flop hyman and fogel that's the only thing i would do uh until holloway comes up yamamoto's not coming out of the lineup um yamamoto's he he fits with mcdavid and kane uh i'd I like McLeod more in a, in a defensive role as opposed to being on the first line. Because if you flip-flop McLeod and Yamamoto, I don't think your fourth line's as strong. I think uh, McLeod's better in his own end, and he's got the speed to be able to put out there with uh, with the two veteran players in Ryan and Shore. Uh, Yamamoto's played well as of late. Uh, there were stretches early in the season where you, you look at Yamamoto and you're like, okay, you need more out of him. And we talked about it a lot when he had four points on the season and his line mate, Leon, was leading the league in scoring. But as of late, he's been much better. And I, I have no I, I like Yamamoto playing better with Connor than I do with Leon. I like Leon and Pugliarvi, and I just, I'd like, I just like to see Hyman there, but uh, it's hard to argue with the success that Tippett had with his lines tonight. 
Having said that, you don't get a true read on your lines playing against the Montreal Canadian team with over half their lineup out. There's going to be games coming up in February where the others are going to be tested, and I think that's when you're going to see lines moved around and you're going to find out which lines work best against certain teams. But the thing Dave Tippett has, and you just alluded to it, you got options. You've got a lot of options, more options than Dave Tippett has had in his two and a half years as a coach here. All right, Oilers win 7-2. We'll get to more of your calls, and we have some post-game comments from Zach Hyman as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Now over to Duncan Keith. Comes up through the middle. We'll get close to the center ice line. His pass hits the skate of shore. He'll play it up to his stick. Comes down the right wing. We'll get it out. To Ryan scores! Derek Ryan just fires that home, and the Oilers are up 7-2 with a late goal. Derek Ryan kicks the extra point tonight. Oilers beat the Canadians 7-2. Uh, Rob, Montreal is now 8-28 and 8. They are going to have a shot at the number one overall pick. Uh, obviously, we've seen some very tough seasons here in Edmonton where you knew the playoffs were uh, well out of reach by this time of the year or even earlier. Montreal is in that uh, boat right now. Now, they might get some players back and play a little better. Uh, this is a tough slog for them, though. It, it is, and you just think this was a team that was in the Stanley Cup Finals. So you're, you know, thinking you're, when, they, when they're all healthy, like an Anderson or a Toffoli or a Petrie or a Gallagher, when they're in a game in, in late February or early March and, and they're trying not to stay in last place when they were just months ago playing to win a Stanley Cup. And it shows you how quickly things can go sideways when you run into injuries. And I, I know that when the Oilers went through some of these seasons a while back, the expectations weren't that high. I mean, the Oilers were hopeful to make a playoff spot, but usually early in the season, you know, okay, this isn't the year. This is a team that was in the Stanley Cup Finals. And there was no expectation that they were going to be where they are right now. So this is this is tough, and it's it would be really tough on their players. It's funny, uh, there's going to be players on the Montreal Canadiens moving at the deadline. And one of the ones that's talked about a lot, and we've heard it here, uh, Ben Sherratt on the back end, Tough night for him tonight. He was minus five in a game where against a team that has been associated with his name for a little bit because uh, I don't see... He, he will be traded before the deadline, and I think he's a much better hockey player. But again, when your team's going as bad as it is, everybody suffers, and Ben Schrott suffered tonight. Yeah, and that's and we've seen that before, right? If you're everybody on a bad team probably looks a little worse than they actually are and sometimes on a good team you, you might look a little better than you might actually be in other situations but uh yeah i mean tough i mean i got a buddy who's a a big montreal fan and he just texted me during the game he's just like well you know we're trying to get a high pick like what like <laughs> he's, he's not sitting there i mean he would have been thrilled if they would have won but he's not sitting there thinking they're going to win uh 15 of their next 20 and you know make it moderately interesting so yeah tough well, goal for it, them it is one of those, too. It's, uh, it, for a fan, there's zero chance the Montreal Canadiens are going to do anything this year. So now you're like, okay, if you're going to lose, I mean, this is it, isn't it right this year? Isn't he the kid that's supposed yeah. to go first overall? So if, if you're going to lose, I mean, you may as well lose all of the games so that we can start rebuilding. You know, maybe Carey Price needs to take the rest of the year off to rest that knee of his, stuff like that. But it is tough, it, 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 and it's tough to watch. And then you throw in the fact they're playing in front of an empty stadium. It is not a good time to be a Montreal Canadian or a Montreal Canadian fan. 
7-2, the Oilers win it. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have the Bacon Man standing by. Bacon Man, go ahead. Oh, hey, boys. How's it going? Hello. Good, good. Good, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, Montreal is tough to watch. It, 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 it's brutal. Uh, and uh, they should get them off the TD, honestly. Uh, enough national games with Montreal there. So uh, tonight is not a test for the Oilers. It's, we're, we're essentially playing the Nate Ooks, right? It's... Uh, it is what it is. I'm a huge fan of Kane coming in. What he's bringing is character, and this and and he's going to be fun to watch. I've said before, the Oilers have been boring. They've been boring to watch. Um, Kane's bringing something. He's going to bring some character, a, a different dimension, right? Um, what we need is a, a couple more players with a couple more edges to them. So we got Yamamoto and 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 Yessi. Okay. So my knees are still uh, pretty good. I can stand in front of the net, just like Jesse, and not do anything, right? Uh, just like uh, Yamamoto, I can skate and not score. I could do that. I could do that, right? So uh, why don't put me out there? That would be the worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario, we trade while Jesse's stock is high. Let's get some grit. Let's get some more edgier players on the bottom six the match came that's what we need your thoughts i i don't think the others are going to do anything up front i think the others are very excited about what they have i think yesi pulley you you'd be one of the few players in Ed, or one of the few fans in edmonton that wants to get rid of yesi i think yesi has won over the fans of edmonton and and rightfully so with the way he's played this year and everything that he's done and the humble pie that he ate um and he might be one of few that talks about character the way you did with, with Evander. So, I no, I, I think the Oilers top 12 right now. Uh, and with Holloway down in the minors, I don't think the Oilers are going to touch their, their forwards. I, I don't. I think they like it. And I think tonight, if this is any indication, I know it's only the Montreal Canadiens, but it's, it's trending in the right direction. So the back end and in net will be things that they want to tinker with at the trade deadline. I don't know if you want to do anything up front. Yeah, I mean, they might, but I don't know if it's going to be the same sort of priority. And, and I would actually argue, uh, I mean, Jesse Pugliarvi has been involved in a couple goals playing the chase-on role of last season where he didn't get a point, yeah. but he was providing a bit of a screen. So I actually think he's improved in that area quite a bit. Oh, I, I think the others are a better team when he's in the front of the net on the power play. He's been, he'd probably be the best in, in a number of years at doing that job. Alex Chason was good. The thing that, yes, he's better than Chason is puck retrieval. Uh, yes, he's uh, stronger, uh, quicker. So when he's going to get a puck, when there's a rebound, he's a little better than Alex Jason was at that. So I, I, in the post-game interviews, Dave Tippett has talked about it, and players have pointed out the fact that Yessi Pugliarvi was a big part in some of those goals. The night that Bouchard scored two goals, that was on, you know, the shots were great, but the goaltender saw nothing. That was all Yessi Pugliarvi. So uh, Yessi Pugliarvi has earned his spot on that first power play unit with what he does in front of that. It's, it's not a, it's not a uh, real rewarding job, standing there screening the goalie, sometimes taking a puck in the, in, in the toe, in the belly, in the head. But he does it better than anyone that's been here in Edmonton a long, long time because he has a willingness to stand there when a guy's shooting 105 miles an hour. He doesn't flinch. So good on him.
7-2 Oilers win in Montreal. Fourth consecutive victory for the Oilers. The Canadians uh, 0-3-2 in their last five. They have just one win in their last 12. We have Jim on the Certainty Hotline. Jim, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hi, uh, Rob. Uh, listen, uh, a good win. Uh, every win is uh, important. And uh, I just want, want to know how many games has our team played on the road so far? Do oh, you, uh, you know that? 20. Yes, 20. They're now 10, 8, and 2 on the road. 20 okay, road games. So they got 20 more. Uh, the schedule then is going to get tougher, isn't it? Oh, much, yeah, much tougher. It's yeah, going to become 20, very, 20 very busy more road for the Edmonton games. Oilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, much tougher. And uh, uh, almost every other day you'll be playing. Yep, and and the players are going to love it. They love back to back. They love going every second day. They want to get into a rhythm. They haven't been in a rhythm, in all honesty, for a couple of years now during uh, during this whole COVID thing. So I think the players are pretty excited to to get back from the All Star game and just go every second night the remainder of the year. Yeah, I'm just looking at the schedule now. They have one period in March, one in February. Uh, where they have two days off, a game, and then another two days off. And then they have a three-day break once in April where they play a Saturday and then a Wednesday. So, yeah, generally back-to-backs for every second day. Yeah, a bunch of back-to-backs. Yeah, back they got a bunch stuff. of back-to-backs. Yeah. So, no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. It's going to be fun as a fan because you don't have a game and then have to wait five or six more days to see another game. You're going to be able to – you have the one night off where you get to catch up on all your Netflix, and then you get back the next day to watch the others again. So it's fun, and the, the others are in the mix. They're in the mix of a playoff spot. Uh, they get a bit of a run. They can start pushing the 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 Anaheim's and the Vegas Golden Knights on the top of this division. Uh, and when you play every second night, and all the teams are going to be doing this, uh, there's going to be changes in the standings each and every day. And I think that's what's fun, and that's why you're fans because you get to enjoy the the ups and downs that February, March, and April are going to bring to all these teams. Yeah, Oilers are now, in terms of points percentage. They're now third in the division. When you just look at points, they're out of the playoffs. But I've been doing, I mean, they have seven games in hand on Anaheim. They're eight points behind, but they have a better points percentage right now. So I've kind of been looking at that as much as the points as we move along here. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Rocket calling in tonight. Rocket, happy Saturday. Go ahead. Happy Saturday to you both, too. And uh, thanks for doing a wonderful show. Rob, this one was for you earlier before you answered it again, like you usually do. Um, I wanted to ask you if uh, after, um, you know, you said you wanted to flip Hyman and Fogel. And I was going to ask you after tonight, would you still have that same opinion? And, of course, you answered it because you said, you know, we played the Montreal Canadiens. So let me rephrase the question and ask it to you this way. Um, Do you think Dave Tippett puts Hyman and Hopkins together because of – uh, possibly a face-off reason, Nugent Hopkins not being good on one side and Hyman's like 62% on the year. And uh, so that's like uh, the first question. And the second question is, um, how long do you think Holloway is going to be down in the American League, like 10 games, 20 games maybe, before uh, the Oilers possibly bring him up? And if they do bring him up, could he slide into Fogel and Fogel move down to say the fourth line? Yeah, you know that's a really good point. Uh, I I prefer Hyman there. Um, well, I guess to answer your first one, that I'm sure that everything is taken into consideration when they make the lines, and when 
they when the puck is in their own zone for a faceoff, I'm sure that Dave Tippett doesn't want to pull off RNH's line because he's not as good in faceoffs. So he's thinking, okay, we'll put out Hyman, and then we got two sentiment. So that's one of the reasons. I think also when you're talking to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's a good soldier and is a popular guy and an important part of this team, all of a sudden you bring this new guy in and say, okay, you're going to play our third line center now. And most teams' third lines aren't, you know, an offensive type of line. And so I think Mm -hmm. Dave Tippett said, okay, we're going to put you on the third line, but we're also going to give you Hyman. So it's not really a demotion because... You know, that's now two first-line guys playing together. So I think there's those things. That's a good point about Holloway coming up where he would fit. The first thought you would think, okay, he's going to come up, don't put any pressure on him, put him on the fourth line. But he's got offensive pedigree. He's got speed. He's smart. Does he go up? I I, I don't. I think Fogel is an, uh, an odd fit with Leon Dreisaitl. I think Fogel is much better if you give him a, a limited role as a, a defensive or energy type of guy. And if you have a holiday Holloway or if you have a Hyman or someone I think would fit better with Leon, and then I think it'd be much more comfortable. Imagine if you have Fogel on your fourth line, how much more um, adaptable and how much more you can use that team if you got someone like, or that line if you got someone like Fogel there. So there are things that Dave Tippett can do. And I, again, Reed and I talked about at the beginning of the game. Oh, did we lose Rob? We might have lost Rob Brown. Okay, well, <laughs> that's our, well, what were we talking about before the game? We talked about a lot. Uh, that's okay. We'll try to reconnect here uh, with Rob. We got to get the news and weather in for you. You're still going to hear from Zach Hyman, who scored twice tonight, had an assist, really strong game from him. The Oilers take down the Canadians 7-2. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet. Nurse has it left wing point. Behind the net to Hyman. Goes to the right side, comes out, shoots, scores! Zach Hyman walks it out from behind the net and scores, and the Oilers are up 5-1. Hyman, really good game tonight. Gets a couple of goals, gets an assist. He's picked the first star of the game. Oilers beat the Canadians 7-2. Back to Montreal. Here's Hyman. Pretty balanced effort from your group. All four lines getting uh, on the score sheet. What did you make of your team's effort here tonight? Yeah, I thought it was solid. Honestly, it was nice to get the first one. It's nice to get a lead. It's been a while. Um, and it was nice to see Gainer get it. You know, anytime you play your first game, it's always nice to get on the board. So good for him. And and uh, it's, it's always a, a good team win when all the lines can uh, contribute and, and get one. And uh, yeah, it was a good win. You're looked at as a leader in that locker room. What do you do in terms of being proactive and taking steps in order for someone to feel welcome in that dressing room like a Vander King? Yeah, I mean... Introducing yourself first and foremost when you go out and meet him, try to get to know him, um, you know, on, on a personal level, and try to be as welcoming and uh, as warm as possible. It's it's never easy when you're when you're a new guy, and you know I, I had experience being a new guy. I was new to this team, and and the guys here welcomed me and uh, made me feel comfortable, and, and I was able to get off to a good start just because of of that. So try to do the same for for him, obviously. When you look at his skill set in terms of his physicality, his skill, his touch around the net. How is that going to complement the group that you have here in Edmonton right now? Yeah, just more depth. I think just, you know, I think you're able to see how, how uh, spread out the lines were today and and how we're able to, you know, get contributions from, from all four lines. I just I think that... Uh, when you when you're able to roll four lines, it wears on teams, and you're able to be fresh. And uh, it's just it's not fun to play against when you have uh, a new set of guys who are just dangerous going out every shift. So he adds to that for sure. 
Uh, Zach, for you, it was kind of maybe tough to get in a rhythm. You've been out of the lineup uh, quite a bit yeah. due to injury and COVID. <clears throat> to get a game like this under your belt with two goals and assists tonight, what does that mean for you personally? Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, I mean, it's been a really weird year um, just because got off to a really good start, played played a bunch, and then had a shoulder injury, was was off for a little bit, or was trying to recover from that. Then we had the COVID Christmas break, and then finally came back, and then I got COVID. So now, well, hopefully, I uh, can just get get on a roll here again and, and start playing. It's it's never fun when when you're sitting out, and uh, it's nice to nice to be playing hockey. What's it like playing with Nugent Hopkins full time? It's great. Yeah, he's uh, he's awesome. We're PK partners, so we're we're out there together in PK and then um, on the power play. So to be able to, you know, I played with him before, but um, you know, we have really good chemistry, I find, and uh, it's always fun to play with him. Last question: uh, Chris Russell played in his 900th yeah. career NHL game today. You've played against him for years. Uh, you've been his teammate this season. What can you talk about? What kind of warrior he's been for this career? Yeah, yeah. First and foremost, just an unbelievable guy, unbelievable teammate. He just goes about his his business and uh, um, and then on the ice, obviously, just a complete warrior. You know what you're going to get from him every night. You know, block shots, all-time block shots leader, which is incredible. Um, and in uh, 900 games, you know, for a guy like that, just gives it every single night. And th- those are a hard, hard, hard 900 games. They're not a, a soft 900 games. Um, and, uh, you know, just to see him, you know, for us to get the win for him on a 900th uh, game and, and for a guy like that to, to play 900 games, you know, incredible and, you know, could be happy for him. Okay, a couple questions on Zoom. Mark Spencer, go ahead. Uh, there you go. Can you hear me? Uh, Zach, sorry, we're having some Zoom issues here. You got me? Yeah, I got you. Good. Uh, so it appears that if Connor McDavid's line supplies some support scoring, you guys might be okay this year. Is that how we see this? <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I mean, it's one game, um, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely nice to, to have secondary scoring and, uh, to get contributions from, from all four lines. It makes it uh, a lot easier on, on the big guys. Okay. So I know that over the course of the season, the lines change, right? We, we all know that you guys come to the rink and you get different lines here and there, but was this a little different? Like you got the three sentiment on different lines. You're down with Nugent Hopkins, which is clearly, I mean, I guess it stacks up as the third line, but it's a pretty good line. Uh, do we see sort of a shift in philosophy a little bit here, Zach, with how we're doing this with the three lines now? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's been one game. Obviously, it was was a, was a good, good game for us. I think that's a, a good question to ask Tip. But, um, yeah, I thought, you know, it's uh, I enjoy playing with Nuge a lot. And same with Cass. I thought we were, we had good chemistry out there. Uh, I thought all the lines were, were played really well, played hard, were rolling. And uh, when you're able to roll four lines, like I said earlier, it's it's dangerous. It's, you know, the D never get a, a shift off. The other team doesn't get a shift off. And you can just keep coming in waves. You all want to cross ball? Yeah, hi, hi Zach. Uh, along the same lines, I, I mean, with you and Zach being two bigger bodies on the wing on that line, uh, how do you feel you were able to establish a physical presence, uh, especially when in the ozone tonight? Yeah, I think just getting on pucks first. I think, um, you know, we're all big, strong guys on the line and just being able to hold on to the puck and uh, take an extra second and, and look to make a play. And Nuge is uh, so dangerous. He finds us the, the soft area where where the other, the other team's coverage isn't there. And uh, be only able to find him and get him the puck because he's a great playmaker, great shooter. Um, and, you know, if Cass and I can go in there, you know, bang around the corners, get the puck and, and find Nuge, I think it's going to be a pretty dangerous line. That is Zach Hyman. 
one of the top performers today as the Edmonton Oilers win 7-2 in Montreal. 14 of the 18 Edmonton skaters get at least a point tonight. Oddly enough, one of them was not Connor McDavid. He finishes plus one but didn't get a point this evening. couple of assists for Warren Fogle, a couple of assists for... Uh, a couple of goals for Leon Dreisaitl, two assists for Duncan Keith as well. Stuart Skidder gets the win in net as the Oilers have won four straight. Get more on this one and more on the Oilers and the Elks on 630Ted.com, globalnews.ca. Next game broadcast, you don't have to wait long. It is Monday when the Oilers visit the Ottawa Senators. Face-off show will be at 4 p.m. and the game starts at 5.30. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 7-2 Oilers take it. Have a good night.